It's for parents. So there are many marriages that are not parents yet, but this is specifically for parents and uh, teen workers and uh, all that kind of good stuff. So anyway, just wanted to rephrase that. And then I uh, wanted to really encourage, we have uh, Osvaldo and Isabel Castro in the back doing translation uh, for the Latin ministry. And so he wanted me to make a quick, tra- a quick announcement that if, si mis hermanos latinos que estén aquí necesitan traducción, por favor, vayan a la mesa acá atrás con Osvaldo. Yeah, that's what, that's what's up. Extreme Maker Makeover. Family edition. We're going to be talking in the next few weeks about God's, what God's word has to say regarding family and using God's principles in building family. And um, we, uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about marriage. Next week we're going to talk a little bit about parenting and uh, being a, a godly parent. Then we have the shrine service. Then on the 27th, um, Devon Smith is going to be preaching on Move That Bus. Uh, be amazed at God's home and just the, you know, being amazed at what we have in God's family and the kingdom of God. And then in April, on April 3rd, uh, we have a special treat at our evening service. Uh, we'll be having Peter Garcia, him and his wife, lead the East Region of the L.A. Church. And they'll be coming, he'll be coming to preach uh, about we are family and just talking about our family all around the world uh, for our missions. So today... We're speaking on renovate your marriage. Now, some of you may think, well, Big Rube, you've only been married for about six years. What makes you an authority on talking about marriage? And, you know, I thought the same thing. (laughs) Because there's many people here that could speak on this topic way better than I can. But we have God's word. And that's all I'm going to have to read today is God's word. I mean, Chuck pre- basically preached my whole sermon. <laughs> I love Chuck and Cal Bray. I'm so thankful that they got to share today. I, I've always, uh, since you know, college, I've always kind of just looked up to them and respected their marriage. And I really wanted them to come to be here today and share. And uh, I just really appreciate what they shared this morning uh, for communion. Um, that's my beautiful bride, Marina. Isn't, that, isn't she pretty? I had another picture there. Oh, that's our wedding day. It's probably the most cash I'll ever see. It was awesome. Marina and I have been married uh, for almost six years now. We have two beautiful. Uh, Little girls, Isabella is about three years old, Uh, she'll be three in May, and then Raquel is a year and a half, and uh, Isabella is talking our ear off now and just just wants to conversate all the time. Is that that a word, conversate? Converse, sorry. It's my my accent, right? Um, You know, I was thinking about this topic. Marriage, what does God have to say about marriage? And I, I found some, some quotes on marriage that were uh, kind of interesting, just kind of gives us a view of kind of what the world thinks about marriage. I was married by a judge. I should have asked for a jury. 
Marriage is give and take. You'd better give it to her or she'll take it away. My wife and I were happy for 20 years. Then we met. <laughs> like, what? We always hold hands. If I let go, she shops. In my house, I'm the boss. My wife is just the decision maker. The secret of a happy marriage remains a secret. Some people ask the secret of our long marriage. Well, we take time to go to a restaurant two times a week, a little candlelight, dinner, soft music and dancing. She goes Tuesdays. I go Fridays. Marriage is a wonderful institution, but who wants to live in an institution? You know, there's funny views that the world has. And, it, you know, if we watch TV or movies or whatever, we we see the image that's given to us. It's not too exciting or desirable. It's like the ball and chain, right? That's what that's what the world, at least in the media, that's what we see. And we think it's funny. It's hilarious. You know, I in my life, uh, feel very blessed to have grown up with both parents married for a long time and uh, just being able to look up to their marriage. And I know many, uh, many today have not been able to grow up with that. Uh, many have grown up in broken marriages, broken homes. And um, it's interesting, my dad, my dad used to be a preacher and now he's a college professor. And um, and you'd think as a, as a public speaker, he's got a lot to say. But when he's in social settings, he doesn't really say too much. He's more the observer. And, uh, and so even at dinner, my mom would be, my mom's the life of the party, you know. She's talking and all that stuff. But when my dad speaks, everybody kind of listens. And so growing up, uh, I would uh, come home sometimes and just, kind of share with my mom about some girl that I liked or was had a crush on or something like that. My dad would kind of overhear, and then I had to tell my dad, you know, well, dad, I think I like this girl, you know. And he'd say, well, son, you know what I'm going to say about that? Three things. You marry the girl, you marry the family. Okay, dad. Number two, look at the girl's mom. Because that's what she's going to look like when she's that age. <laughs> what? And number three, marriage is forever. There's no turning back. And I'd be like, Dad, I'm not talking about marriage. I'm not even talking about dating. I just kind of like this girl. Every time. He'd say that every time, and I know some of the guys have that, I've, that have been around me over the years with, uh, when I've talked about dating and marriage, they've always heard me say, tell this story. Uh, my dad's a funny guy. There are many things that we see and learn about when it comes to the topic of marriage. Today, what I want to do is just to study out God's Word and see what he says about marriage. The world's view of marriage is very twisted. A recent article was written entitled, Is Marriage Obsolete? We live in a world where the majority of relationships end up, marriage relationships end up in divorce. You know, you look at the celebrities, what we see on TV, just every week there's somebody new getting divorced. 
We see couples moving in together and having children and families before even the covenant is given of marriage. Marriage is treated as just a, uh, a convenient business transaction that um, th- more than a sacred covenant between a man and a woman. And so the goal of the lesson today is to elevate our view and to elevate God's view of marriage and read some scriptures here. And I want to just, you know, for the singles, our campus students, our teens, don't check out. This stuff is going to be good. Trust me, because there's it, it, it prepares us. The, the reality is marriage. I mean, eventually the majority of people will marriage. Yes, it may not be for everybody, but the majority of people will end up someday somehow being married. You know what I mean? I mean, so so it's good to learn this stuff now. And I remember even another anecdote about my dad. I mean, one time. We had a sister, uh, a single sister at our house, just really uh, a little bit more mature in her age. And she um, she had never dated, never been married. And she was telling my and she's very close to our family. And she was telling my dad, she's like, you know, I uh, I'm really praying that God prepares the right man for me. And my dad looked at her and was like, well. Maybe you should pray for God to prepare you to be the right woman for that man. <laughs> we were all like, oh, snap. <laughs> what? Oh, man. <laughs> you know, but we were close. You know, we're a family. She was very close to the family. But I just want to say this for. Those who are unmarried in here, this, is, this lesson needs to be, it, 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 there's principles here that we can all learn. Amen? Uh, the Bible says in Hebrews 13, verse 4, God has a lot to say about marriage. Uh, marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Well, what does that have to do with anything? Well, I just wanted to throw that in there. Because I'm learning a lot about that right now. Be content with what you have. Marriage should be honored by all. I think we need to be a people who hold on to God's standard and not get swayed by the opinions of this world. We need to hold on to God's word. Marriage should be respected and honored by all. Can you imagine if marriage ceased to exist tomorrow? No more weddings, no more commitment, no more nothing. I think we would lose a sense of wonder, a sense of idealism, a sense of stability, a sense of what we all want in in our lives, which is to belong, to be accepted, to be a part of a family. God created marriage. It was his idea from the beginning. In Genesis chapter two, verse 24, the Lord said, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord made a woman from the rib and he he had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. He shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and they will become one flesh. We also see in Proverbs chapter 18. He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. Proverbs 31 verse 10. 
a wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Proverbs 27, verse 15, a quarrelsome wife. Oh, wait, how did this end up in here? Well, we'll go ahead and read it anyway. A quarrelsome wife is like the dripping of a leaky roof in a rainstorm. Restraining her is like restraining the wind or grasping oil with the hand. I'm sure Marina did not put that in the sermon. But it's in the Bible. And God talks about it. Matthew chapter 19. Even Jesus talks about marriage a little bit. He says some Pharisees came to him and test him. They asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Well, haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning the creator made them male and female and said, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh? So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. I mean, that was the standard that even Jesus gives us in the New Testament. What has been joined together, let no one separate. And then the Pharisees, if you continue reading the story, I think it's a good Bible study. If you continue reading the story, the interaction the Pharisees had, well, how come Moses said it's okay for us to have a certificate of divorce? And, and then Jesus replies, well, it's because your hearts were hard. You didn't want to accept God's law and God's way. And then his apostles come up to him and go, well, if that's the case, then it's better not to marry. And Jesus is like, well, it's difficult for somebody to accept this word. I mean, and you combine that and then you read 1 Corinthians 7 where Paul himself is like, well, if I wish everybody was like me and not marriage. I mean, marriage, the Bible talks a lot about marriage. We continue to see how God, he, he builds it up, but he also talks about how it, it is work. It, it takes, it's a challenge. Let's turn our Bibles here. To Ephesians chapter five, and I know we read this already in the communion, but we're we're all about repetition here. Ephesians chapter five. It's not up on the screen. You got to actually grab your Bibles and turn the New Testament, find it. Remember, remember we used to do that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Be, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter five, verse one. I, I want to preface what we're going to read in the whole husband and wife thing because we got to understand the context of what Paul's talking about and you know if you read I love the book of Ephesians one of my favorite books in the Bible and you read the book of Ephesians he starts off in chapters one and two talking about our individual lives and what we have in Christ and then in chapters four uh, and five he talks about just behavior within the church and how we're supposed to interact with one another and in chapter five verse one he says, be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So the challenge he's giving to us is to imitate God, to actually be like God. Where we live a life where we're giving up of ourselves for each other. So he uses that as the, that's the kind of the, the, the first part of that chapter. And then we can go down and read verse 21 where he says, submit to one another out of reverence 
for Christ. We see here the Bible's standard on how we are to treat one another. To treat each other as Christ treated us. To submit is to voluntarily subject yourself to someone else. It's not blind obedience or obeying in a grudging manner. It is a voluntarily it's a voluntary subjecting of oneself to someone else. We think in our world that submission is for those who are weak. I'm a man of God. I do not need to submit to anyone. Well, Jesus was the son of God, and yet he made himself nothing. In Philippians 2. So compare your manhood with Jesus's. And let's submit. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. It's strong because it shows how much of faith, how much faith a person really has. You know, Paul uses this verse and then he starts going into the relationships. He talks about husbands and wives. He talks about children and parents. We'll we'll talk about next week a little bit more. He talks about slaves and masters, which in our world today could be bosses and employees. I mean, it could be the same thing. But he goes in, he starts talking about different relationships. But it's all under the umbrella of submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submission is a command for the church, whether single or married. We are to imitate Christ. Amen. Now, let's read a little bit about the marriage relationship because he explains this a little bit more as we read in verse 22. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Wow. So if we are to imitate God and imitate Christ, who submitted to God's will, and we're called by God's word to imitate that, then we are to submit to one another in with each other. And then Paul's like, well, let's talk about marriage now. Wives submit to your husbands. The world It's so difficult. They think that the Christianity is so old fashioned because of this passage. Wives, submit to your husbands. For the husband is the head of the wife as church as Christ is the head of the church, his body. I remember doing a wedding for Marina's cousin a few months ago. And she's a fiery, just, you know, I am woman. Latina. You know, just passionate. And I remember reading, this was the main passage I read for the wedding. Just to kind of help her out a little bit. And, she, you know, because I remember we read this in there, a little bit of their kind of pre-marriage uh, counseling. You know, she's, she had that, that perspective. No one can hold me down. No man, no man will hold me down. But you see, in the scripture, that's not the point. The point is trusting God enough to trust your husband. Just as the church, us, 
are called to trust Christ to lead the church. Amen. Wives. Now I'll speak to the married women. Do you trust God and have so much faith in God to be able to trust your husband? It's a faith issue. It's not somebody's going to hold me down and keep me unliberated. It's, that's not the that's not the point. The point is, will you trust God? An unsubmissive wife is just a faithless wife. If you make the connection. Now, I'm not trying to offend any of the wives here. Right? I'm not going to come over here after church and all the wives are going to be like, what are you talking? I, that's not the point. I'm, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm just, we're just saying what the word of God says here. He describes and compares a wife's faith and submission to the church's faith and submission. So let's take a little tangent from marriage, church. How submissive are you to the leadership of Christ in your own life? What are you putting your trust in? Career? Relationship status? Are you cynical or sarcastic about church leadership? Do you trust that God actually does work through people? And so the question I want to bring is to the church, not even to the wise, but to the church. Are we submitting to Christ or trusting in our own strength, ideas, opinions, wisdom and experience over Christ? Are you guys still with me here? All right. Now we'll talk about the husbands. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. That's what Christ did for the church, husbands, in this same way. Look what he says in this same way. Husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about trust in the church. However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. Husbands, submit to the needs of your wife. What? I thought I was the head of the body. Jesus submitted himself to us, to our greatest need. What's our greatest need? Salvation. We need salvation. We need forgiveness. And Jesus submitted himself to our greatest need. And what did it cost him? His life. Husbands, let's obey the scripture. Love our lives, our wives, as our own bodies. I want to read this actually again in the message version because there are some ways he put it that is really interesting. The message version here in Ephesians 5 about husbands says, Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives. I mean, sisters, wouldn't you be so grateful for that? I mean, the... Even single sisters, don't you want to marry a guy who's going to go all out? 
Just go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did the church. A love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her, dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. And that is how husbands ought to love their wives. They're really doing themselves a favor since they're already one in marriage. No one abuses his own body, does he? No, he feeds and pampers it. That's how Christ treats us, the church, since we are part of his body. And this is why a man leaves his father and mother and cherishes his wife. No longer two, they become one flesh. This is a huge mystery, and I don't pretend to understand it all. What is clearest to me is the way Christ treats the church. And this provides a good picture of how each husband is to treat his wife, loving himself and loving her, and how each wife is to honor her husband. I like Paul because he's kind of funny. He's like, this whole marriage thing, that's a mystery to me. This whole husband and wife becoming one, that's, that's kind of... But I do understand... How Christ treats the church and how we are to follow Christ's leadership. Isn't that funny? I mean, when you read it, it's kind of like, wow, Paul, Paul, what are you talking? You know, you didn't really know too much about it. <laughs> he didn't understand it. The husband wife relationship, the oneness. But he's like, man, the church, though, the Christ, that makes sense. I love how it's translated here. Go all out. In your love. Husbands, are you going all out? Paul here is talking about husbands taking care of their wives, but but he's referencing even more how God takes care of the church by giving himself up for her. You know, I think in reading this, I don't know about you, but I don't know if I came to a conclusion, but I came to some kind of it made more sense to me that maybe maybe God created marriage. Well, I'm pretty sure God created marriage in order to help us understand his relationship with us, with his people. In other words, the husband-wife relationship, the oneness that is there in a husband and wife relationship is the same oneness that Jesus prays about, right? In John 17, where he's like, man, God, I pray that they may be one as we are one. This concept of oneness, of togetherness, God created marriage in order for us to understand somewhat what his relationship with us is. Marriage tests selfishness in a great way. I remember getting married. It was a great day, and I loved my wife with all my heart. And uh, But I remember getting married in our first year of marriage just... You know, this is after living on my own for about seven or eight years. And just, you know, when you live on your own with the brothers, you're just coming in and out whenever you want to. And you just, you know, you hardly ever eat at home. You just kind of on the go. I mean, at least I was, you know, I was leading the teen ministry uh, at the time. And I'm so grateful for the family. It's just, hey, Ruth, come over for dinner. Come over. for. Di-. I mean, I had a dinner at a different house. <laughs> I just felt so taken care of. It was great. But I remember being out when we first got married. I'm, you know, I'm out and I'm trying to get some food or whatever, and it's kind of like I walk back home, walk back in the house, and, oh, 
Marina, <laughs> you're here. Did, did you want some food too? I didn't. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? It's just a, it's just an adjustment to understand that <laughs> because I could get so caught up in my needs and in my wants, totally forgetting my responsibility as a husband to give up myself. For my wife, just as Christ did for us. You know, just recently, I'm so thankful for uh, our marriage because uh, in the area of finances, we both brought in two totally different perspectives on finances. And um, it's kind of taken us five years to realize that. It's weird, you know. I know we had a lot of people telling us stuff, you know, but it's kind of like you, you got to hit the wall to kind of get it. And, uh, you know, we, we have we got a lot of consumer debt in our credit card. And all of a sudden, uh, we're sitting there. And we're like, well, let's try to get out of debt. But the whole time, I'm the one doing the budget. And Marina's just kind of, I just inform her, hey, do this, don't do this. don't." But then all of a sudden, in the past two months, we've gotten together and actually looked at our budget together and gone through what we're spending together. And this is not my strength anyway. The finances thing is not my strength. So... But, man, it has transformed Marina. She's a different woman, and I love it. <laughs> but it's brought us, it, it's a part of oneness. It's a part of being one, which is awesome. We did a video. Uh, one of my best friends who was leading the, the youth ministry in Virginia Beach did a video uh, just kind of documenting different uh, people who had grown up uh, in the church, who have become disciples and now are married or uh, serving in different areas. And, uh, you know, fortunately, we, uh, uh, so one of the clips was of uh, Sam and Jerry Lang, uh, who are lead the church in Athens, Georgia. Um, they've written many books on parenting and these kind of things. And their son, David, uh, shared. And, and, and the question was asked, what is the big, what's the thing that you feel that your parents did that influenced you the most in order to become a disciple and stay faithful? And I remember David in the clip, he just said it was their marriage. I wanted to have what they had. It was the strength of their marriage that provided a stability of spiritual influence within the family. And I remember watching that clip and I was like, wow, that's really interesting. You know, at the conference that we're having in April, Sam and Jerry are going to be our guest speakers for all the parents in the L.A. church. And I mean, it's worth the time to come and hear some of the things that I have to present, but and just thinking about this stuff, just like wow, you know, God, God uses marriage to influence the world, to show the world what we have with Him. And so I want to close out a couple of practical challenges. You guys ready? Number one, submit to one another. I mean, it's pretty, pretty straightforward, right? So my question is then, in what relationships do you need to grow in to being in being more submissive? Is it the relationship between the husband and wife? Is it relationships in your small group? Is it relationship to your ministry leader? The command is for everyone submit to one another. It's a lesson in humility and imitating Christ. It's for everyone. College student, high school student, single professional, married. It's for everyone. 
submit to one another. Our church would be even more influential, more, have more of an impact if we just took to heart. Let me submit. How can I submit to this brother's need? How can I submit to this sister? Let's submit to one another. Amen? Practical challenge here for the marrieds. Express gratitude. I want to encourage husbands this week. Express your gratitude to your wife. I want to encourage wives this week. Just express gratitude to your husband for washing the dishes. You know, I mean, just just express gratitude to one another. This builds unity. It builds oneness. It builds what God wants us to be. Amen. And lastly, get others involved. Our marriage, just like Chuck and Carol shared, I feel like for Marina and I, our marriage would be I can't think of a word, but whack. I mean, our marriage would be whack if we just didn't have other people involved in our lives. And for us, we are super thankful. We had Alan Gloria kind of do our pre-marriage counseling and our wedding and disciple us through our first year of marriage. That's awesome. And now we're so thankful we have Anthony and son. We get together with Anthony and son every week. And we talk about different issues in the ministry and stuff like that. But we do talk about our marriage. And if we received so much help, just how to communicate with one another, how to talk to one another in our marriage, and even how to now be a parent of two little kids. We're learning so much. Discipleship, having friends actually interested and caring about your relationship works. And so I want to encourage us, let's get others involved, whether it be in our marriage or whether it be in our own just individual lives. Let's Get others involved and let's actually get involved. We always need fresh eyes. We always need people seeing what, how we're really doing. You may have all the tools in the world to be able to communicate with one another as a husband and wife, but you, there's nothing like having somebody else sit down and saying, no, you were way off. That tool that you had, that's the wrong tool. You should be using this tool. Do you see what I'm saying? We need other people. I want to encourage this church Let us be a people who live out God's standard in our lives and hold on to his way and his truth regarding marriage and family. And let us not get confused by false teachings. Let us see God's plan for marriage and helping us understand how his relationship works with the church. Let's be a people who trust God and his plan enough to be able to submit ourselves to one another, and in this way build a church family that brings glory to God. Amen? Let's go to God in prayer, and then we'll close out with one song.